Hey everybody, welcome to Who's Left, a podcast about Indiana politics, history, and culture from an unapologetically leftist perspective. My name is Scott Aaron Rogers. A lot going on in the old Hoosier state this week. Um, Monday, the legislative session ended up in Indianapolis. Uh, Republican supermajority uh, ended their annual middle finger to the population of the state. Um, I will have thoughts on that upcoming in uh, my substack in the coming days. Uh, also, uh, Tuesday, there were uh, primaries for municipal elections. Had a couple friends come through and, uh, and former guests in city council elections uh, across the state. Uh, big win in Indianapolis for uh, Jesse Brown. A DSA member, a socialist, um, winning a city council seat. That's a big deal. Um, and then just today, I'm recording on Thursday, um, Jennifer McCormick, former state superintendent of uh, schools, jumped into the governor's race on the Democratic side. She is a former Republican um, and is probably the likely Democratic frontrunner uh, to face Senator Mike Braun for governor next year. Uh, had some thoughts on that on uh, Twitter earlier today. Um, we'll, we'll have uh, thoughts about that coming up in the, the Substack in the coming days as well. Um, but I would like to turn to my last post uh, over at scottaaronrogers.substack.com. Please give me a listen uh, or a subscription if you're uh, coming to this from uh, another direction. Um, so this past week, we we talked about the uh, origins of the great trans panic of uh, 2023. And... Um, Republicans' use of our, our trans friends, neighbors, and kids uh, as a wedge issue uh, to rile up the extremist Christian base. And we, um, we talked about ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, and uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, a couple of uh, Koch-funded right-wing organizations that work at the state level primarily to advance the uh, oligarch's agenda. And we, we traced even further, dug a little deeper, uh, to see that such organizations as Alliance Defending Freedom and ALEC and the National Association of Christian Lawmakers and every other combination of uh, letters you want to smash together uh, into some uh, innocent-sounding acronym, uh, they're all right there under the umbrella of uh, an organization called the Council for National Policy. And... Um, I went pretty deep on them in my latest post, but if you want to know more about uh, the Council for National Policy in particular, uh, find uh, Dave Troy, uh, Jennifer Cohn, or uh, Bruce Wilson. Uh, these folks know uh, a lot uh, about um, 
this group and and how they themselves were very much uh, an updated, polished, innocent-sounding version of the uh, the John Birch Society. And I don't know the the age breakdown, all my listeners here, but uh, if you're my age or younger, you you might not know who who those guys were. Um, and you know, this is the the crazy '50s conspiracy theorists with the you know, fluoride being a communist plot and, you know, get the U.S. out of the U.N. and everything else. Um, and I'll tell you, I, d- I didn't know when I started uh, researching that article that the, uh, the John Birch people were largely carryovers from uh, the business plot to... Uh, assassinate FDR in 1933. I knew that that existed. Um, only found it out in the last couple of years uh, that there was uh, a, a a plot paid for by rich industrialists like uh, uh, I was a Rene Dupont, I believe, was one of the primary funders. But um, there's a long, long history uh, in this country of wealthy industrialists using extremist elements of the population, often uh, evangelical Christians, uh, you know, to get them riled up. They whip these folks up into a frenzy um, regarding changing social conditions, social norms and mores, um, to act as their foot soldiers, to act against their own self-interest, oftentimes, um, while the wealthy point at the uh, the chic outgroup of the day, they're they're robbing the people's pockets. So, in that article, we 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 sort of trace the the evolution of you know the the chic outgroup from um, you know blacks and 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 segregation and and schools in the 1950s and 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 the you know the civil rights struggle the 60s um second wave feminism the the, the gay rights movement um the you know the, the movement for for marriage equality and then now trans rights it, it is a it's a series of it's it's moving the goalpost um as society becomes more and more uh, accepting, um, they have to find a new chic out group to, to to whip the base into a frenzy over, as it becomes um, socially unacceptable to be upset over the last thing. And so we 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 put some some names and faces out there, um, you know, put put a put a face to the the nebulous evil they that. Uh, is 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 doing things behind the scenes and you know the the council for national policy where they where they do it and so we you know we we've pointed out some of those people um but i wanted to flip that around and look at the human beings on the other side of the culture war and um i talked to my friend alexa uh she is out in portland um, it's been a couple weeks ago now, and, and we talked about just what, what it feels like to be on the, 
the the other end of the the, the culture war um as a as a trans person in 2023 and um you know it was a very um moving conversation and um um happy to share that with you now this is my conversation with alexa scott all right alexa scott welcome to who's left thanks for joining me thanks for having me so uh you are joining me from eugene oregon is that correct portland. i live in portland now you, you are in portland okay yeah. fantastic so uh why am i hosting some uh left coast um you know <laughs> coastal liberal on my uh who's left show what's your what's your who's your cred well i i lived in indiana from like age 20 age one to 25 so pretty much the the, the foundational part of my life about a, about a century about a quarter century of my life was in indiana so i you know i haven't been there for a few years now but I, I definitely still feel like a Hoosier a lot of times. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think it keeps us grounded. Yeah, I mean, it gets me. If I feel, you know, I, if I if I sometimes feel like a little too like hoity-toity out here on the West Coast, I can feel like, oh yeah, well, I have my my grounded Midwestern values and and you know, down to earth like that, you know. But, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely got to be a certain uh, bubble element to. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, really, honestly, the biggest thing about being away from Indiana so long is that I can't stand any humidity whatsoever. Now that I've been out of the Midwest for five years, now whenever I go to any place with like any like relatively like small humidity i like sweat bombs and i can't handle it anymore um that's like it's only getting uh, worse <laughs> the second two every year second hulk the, the thing that eric holcomb just passed i probably say that's the biggest thing stopping you from coming back to indiana is i can't stay, i can't stand the humidity anymore i can't <laughs> it's the humidity then the fact that uh the state legislature denies your basic personhood yeah that's you know you know i don't, I don't maybe I, maybe i should widen the gap on those two things but you know i i really hate i really hate sweating i'll tell you that um it is it's it's bad oh it, yeah yes um yes well so you um you brought up our 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 good friend uh, Eric Holcomb, who had the chance to veto this thing, and you know could have stood up because I think he tries to pride himself on being some sort of moderate. Um, I'm, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm grateful that we have like an Eric Holcomb instead of a Ron DeSantis, but I mean that's a pretty goddamn low bar. Yeah, I mean that's that's. No, I mean he, you know, he definitely isn't as like, you know, I, I definitely like the more I read about like Florida or Texas, the more like especially Florida it starts to feel like this, almost you know not to not to really like over exaggerate, but like it does like it has some like very over like autocraticy like sort of overtones to what he's doing there, and Eric Olcom, you know, at least isn't doing that, but. Um, I think the idea that I've heard from some people that he's, oh, well, he's, you know, he's one of the good ones. I mean, I, um, 
would like to think that this, this disqualifies him from any sort of considerations in that regard, because that's pretty dehumanizing what he's done, uh, signing this into law. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, agreed. And yeah, he, he, he had the chance to veto this, to, to stand up and, uh, you know, the legislature rubber stamped this thing as they do. But, uh, boy, you were, you were, you were hoping that, you know, it, it, it wouldn't make it over that last hurdle. And I guess they're, uh, are you, are you familiar with the Florida, uh, quote unquote, don't say gay yes, bill? Unfortunately, I am. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, our, our, our friends up in Indianapolis, I believe just today, we're recording this on, oh, what is today? Monday, April 10th? Is that the, is that the right date? Um, that sounds right. That sounds right. But I believe, yeah, I believe they, they, they just... The Senate just passed Indiana's very own version of that. Um, it doesn't go directly to Holcomb. It needs to be reconciled with the House version or something first that was amended. So they have to go back and tie up some loose ends. Uh, but so, yeah, we got we got that to look forward to. Um, yeah, yes. Um, so I guess like for those who are like unaware i mean there seems to be like i have whatever reason if you haven't been, just been like hidden under a rock i mean uh, but yeah but <laughs> i'll get to that in a second but they really just like there, there seems to be like kind of like an all-out assault uh on on trans people from the right which is interesting because it's surprisingly sort of new um i mean i myself am trans and i've known for about oh, nine years now my goodness uh, but yeah, nine years. So I've been, you know, I've been closely following uh, the news since then, and this is the first time because normally Republicans have kind of just been like, yeah, whatever, this a marginal issue, it's not going to really get votes. But it's been in the last couple of years. Uh, there really has there's really been a kind of uptick in in uh, aggressively pushing these talking points about fairness in women's sports or mm-hmm. or. or you know, not forcing children to take like weird puberty pills or however they want to like frame the discussion. Um, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's it's and it's all framing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember as recently as like 2016 when Trump was like making his rounds, uh, trying to become president. And, and I remember some. I frankly remember somebody like asking about transition. It was like I don't care. <laughs> like straight up, do not care. Um, so just goes to show you, like now, now this seems to be one of their biggest talking points, and um, it is, it is, it is concerning uh, because even though I feel like most of these laws, even, even me being an adult, one, it's concerning. Even if most of these laws are dedicated are directed at kids, basically like denying. Uh, trans children the access to uh, proper uh, gender affirming care or mm-hmm. uh, the rights of children just to play sports, um, which is horrifying in and of itself. Just that is enough to just, just to horrify me. But if you add on to it, it really does feel like it's it's, it's a stepping stone to something bigger. Um, perhaps stripping away rights of trans adults, not so mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. not so. And that's a distant future. 
um, as like banning affirmative uh, care for everyone. And I, I believe there are states where it's at least been introduced by uh, some of the more extreme elements in, in their various legislatures. Uh, they didn't get very far, thankfully, but, um, you know, it's in the works. Yes. And and if that's not, the scare, if that's not enough to scare your audience, uh, if, if they somehow get through with that, I feel other demographic groups are next. Um, it's, this, this, this won't sheet that this isn't like a real moral, like issue they're tackling. It's, they designated trans people as like a scapegoat to project, to basically to like, um, to focus, yes, basically yes. focus energy on. And trans, the new chic out group of the 2020s. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh. You know, I'm not going to say people who aren't trans aren't concerned because there's definitely a lot of people who are cis who are concerned about this issue. But uh, if that's not enough to like, you know, like in your day to day life, get you like super anxious, um, we're not going to be the only ones. So <laughs> I implore people to really uh, help push you back in just any way they can. Um, and, and 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 really that's that that is what this is because um it's it's the same forces and and in a lot of cases the exact same people and the same families that that we've been fighting for social progress for the last 60 70 80 years um yes. that are doing a lot of the 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 funding for for this um this legislative sorry legislative push uh, against trans rights, and and it is it's the latest um, the latest hill they're they're like trying to to to, to claim. Um, you know, in the fifties and sixties, they they threw a fit uh, about school integration, mm. and then they 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 threw a fit about um, the feminist movement and the student movement, and um, you know. The, the late civil rights movement and the the early uh, you know gay rights movement in the in the seventies and then uh, busing and abortion and it, they 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 just keep looking for a new thing to get the base riled up uh, you, you know there there was the there was a satanic panic in like the the eighties and early nineties. Um, th then, then, you know, then it, in like the late nineties into the two thousands, uh, as, 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 uh, LGBTQ folks began to become more accepted and then you get marriage equality, um, they're running out of people to scapegoat. And, which... and, and so here we are, Yeah, you know, they're, and, and they're, they're wasting, um, how much state resources, how many taxpayer dollars, you know, how much time when they could be, I don't know, tr trying to like do something about schools or roads. Um, oh, right. But For sure. they're trying to criminalizing like by, by the numbers I've seen, we're talking like six tenths of a percent of the population. Yeah, no, you know. It is about maybe one out of every hundred people at most is trans. Maybe it could be higher. I think maybe in, in, in the future where we have a more progressive universal understanding of what it means to be trans. 
maybe those numbers could be a smidge higher. It's hard to say. But, you know, as of now, about, like, at most 1% of the population identifies as non-cisgender. And um, I think that makes, it, uh, that makes us an easy target uh, because we can't fight back in the same way. We don't have them. A lot of us are poor. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. Um, we don't have the numbers of when mm-hmm. they've when they've attacked racial minorities in the past, I mean, even though they're minorities, they still have big numbers that they can use to help, you know, fight back and make a public showing. Um, there are, you know, by comparison, much fewer trans people out there. Uh, so we're particularly vulnerable. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the old, the, the, I think the thing is, is the, there's a lot of people that just like, don't know that they know a trans person even if they do. Um, like for a lot of people, I'm like the one trans person people know, but like, I don't think that's probably actually true. They probably have another person who might be trans mm-hmm. doesn't know it themselves or, or is in the closet uh, because, you know, <laughs> it's not always a safe place. To, uh, you know, the world isn't always a safe place to be out. Um, so yeah, that is, that's, that's particularly concerning. I think what is particularly if you were to ask my other friends, you know, who are trans, uh, what is particularly concerning about this thing, in addition to what we've already brought up, is that yeah. the left isn't really doing anything. And, and, and the left is such a nebulous term. So I guess maybe right. let's for now stick with like the democratic establishment. Yeah. Has done, it said very little. Um, there might be some like individuals who've gone out of their way to really, you know, um, fight for the right cause like that was a woman in nebraska yeah 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 holding up all legislation because they keep because she keeps filibustering um until they stop trying to right trans legislation which and is amazing. i understand that they have like unusual filibuster rules in nebraska they've got a unicameral legislature um so it's like as much as I'm like, yeah, let's see that in every red state. Like, why can't we do this in Indiana and in Idaho yeah. where they just passed something in Kansas? And it's it's a procedural thing that's kind of unique to them. But, um, yeah, man, like, throw the kitchen sink at them. That's, that's what I'm thinking, you know, like, whatever we got, do it. I, there's a Kansas Democrat who I believe switched over to vote with the Republicans to be the deciding vote to overturn, uh, I think it was Governor Kelly, uh, her veto. Um, mm. uh, she vetoed like some anti-trans legislation. And then y- Democrat- y- uh, yeah, that was the, the sports thing, I think. Yeah, that one's sports one, yeah. That's yeah. keep track of at this point. Um, and just horrifying, absolutely horrifying. Um, the Biden administration kind of like taking a non-committal like, hey, you know, we still, like letting some legislation um some sports bans uh basically in, like like in practice actually actively uh ban trans athletes um i've i've seen i've seen both points on that and and, and you know like obviously i spent a lot of my time in left spaces but you know and and, and the initial reaction is like oh rebel rebel you know i you know compromising on this and it's it's kind of like well, it might be a thing where he's calling their bluff. It's like, well, there's no blanket bans, and now you have to view this on a case-by-case basis. Um, which, I, that's kind of how it should be anyway, right? You'd think? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose there's not 
as far as the, I mean, I mean, perhaps I mean again, this is this this sort of legislation isn't my specialty, but like this like litigation, I meant this this, but like, um, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like a basic human right, uh, yeah, like that, like I feel like it's being just violated, and there's a real sense of frustration. Maybe there is like a like a real strategy the Biden administration is employing here, but. All I'm doing is I can share what how people I know feel, and there's a real like mounting frustration that the Democratic Party won't do anything um, if it's mildly inconvenient to uh, to help out the trans community, even though they they'll 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 do the gay pride parade stuff and they'll sure sure they'll put up trans flags outside of their window uh, their their office windows on on you know in, in June. But then when it comes to actually like, hey, our, our our rights are at stake, and it's more than just you know a passing yeah you know, a, a passing like right you know, utter boy I'd love to help but yeah um I mean and, and it's the unfortunate truth that there's only one there's so few trans people at this moment that perhaps in their in their own in their old cult calculus they're like well you know. You know, we're not. You know, we're we're not gonna really. We're not, we're just, you're not really worth fighting for, and that and that really uh, that really sucks to to know that that's maybe the case. Um, pretty depressing. Yeah, that that has to be. Um, boy, and I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't have any comforting thing to say to that. Um, you you would like to see, um, more fight. Uh, out of out of our leaders now um a, a lot of these states are are so so gerrymandered like in oh, yeah, um, like yeah. idaho like kansas like you know where a lot of the states where these things are going through right now um you know the democratic opposition to these is is unanimous but yeah you know, they can't do anything you know they can put up token opposition. I don't know. You've seen the stunts like before where sometimes they'll, I think this was done in, in Wisconsin one time and maybe in Texas another time where the, like they'll just leave, leave the state to prevent a quorum and, you know, the state police will have to go drag them back. It's sort of a, do it, do it, just do it all. Like whatever it takes. I don't know. I want to see, I want to see fight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, you know, we just made jokes about at the beginning of the of the podcast about how I'm no longer now I'm now a, a coastal elite, um, <laughs> detached from real, from the real everyday of of middle American society. But I mean, that's the reason why I left. That's a big reason. Was uh, in 2016, uh, you know, I, which you know, came up, we got elected president. I did this grave sense of like panic washed over me that I needed to leave yeah. the state as soon as possible. Um, and, you know, Oregon is not a perfect state, but it's a, it's a, it wasn't, it wasn't easy getting here. I'll tell you that. Um, is a, is a state with a lot of trans protections and they're about to pass legislation, hopefully to make it so that um, all medical, um, like all trans surgeries and medical procedures and hormone, like hormone therapy, basically everything, um, that a trans person would need medically uh, will be covered by insurance by law in Oregon, which is which is incredible. Um, I believe Washington, yeah, that's... Washington State already has something very similar, and so I mean, it's very easy just for me to say to people like, 
you gotta leave, you gotta go, you gotta go, because I know it's it's not very, it's not cheap. If I didn't have some help from my parents to get out here, um, I don't think I would have been able to do it at least right away. Um, it's uh, it's it's expensive. It's hard to do it. It's 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 you can't just leave a lot of times, especially because if you're in India. I mean, I suppose Illinois. If if, if, if to any to any to any trans people listening on this podcast, you know, maybe maybe Illinois might be your best chance at this point. Not too far away. I mean, yeah, 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 sure. If you can get to Chicago, I suppose. I mean, that's that's where all your uh, your your blue voting power comes from. I mean, yeah. downstate Illinois is not exactly much different than like any of Indiana, I suppose. Yeah. Um, again, this is only mostly for people of marginalized communities. You know, ideally, you know, ideally, the, uh, those of the cis white male variety would help stay behind and fight the good fight. But, you know, I can't, I can't tell you what to do, I guess. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, well, like it, believe believe me. I mean, a lot of my family's out by you now. I've got a, a sister in Portland, and then I've got another sister, and my mom's in Vancouver, um, and my other sister's up in Michigan. Uh, I'm the last one in Indiana, and 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 at this point, it's like I have every reason to leave, except I'm a stubborn fuck, and like, no, I've been here the whole time. Fuck you! I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Uh, I'm gonna stay here and fight because I like to fight. But um, you, you know, I don't blame you one bit. You know, you got to protect yourself. I mean, as as a, like, I really, I still really care a lot about Indiana. I mean, like, I still have a lot of sense of like Hoosier identity. Like, I feel like I mean, I've been a resident of Oregon for five years, but like, I think like within me, I, I definitely feel more of the state of Indiana still. Um, you know, I still have these, these, these jingoistic, uh, attachments to my Indiana sporting team. So they'd be collegiate or professional, uh, you know, like it still, you know, helps tie me in the community a lot. Um, exactly, exactly. It's the, yeah, the, the, the small community, you know, bonding things that should bring all of us together. I come home, I... I get my my breaded pork tenderloin, or eat some, eat oh, yeah. some breadsticks with 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 marinara and pea sauce, which they only do in Indi- only do in Indiana apparently. Um, I feel right at home, like it's like I'm back home again. Get some steak and shake, see my old friends. Um, so I'll always have a place in my heart for Indiana, but it's hard to square that with also knowing that like a large percentage of the people here. Uh, make me feel unsafe. Um, uh, and the legislation is actively working to discriminate against people like me. So it's hard. How do you square that? You know, how do you, it's hard to come to terms with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you've found Oregon generally, I mean, certainly at least from the legislative standpoint, more welcoming the people too yeah or yeah um i mean it's i mean it's nice being in this i mean living in portland and you just walk around seeing like pride flags everywhere i mean not every everywhere but like to a degree you would never see someone in indianapolis at least not yet um i was actually in indianapolis for the pride parade this past year and it was it was pretty nice uh so i know that there's a lot of good people in indiana still despite everything and that's 
and that's kind of what I want to try to emotionally attach to to that idea. Right, and it's you know what it's 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 like that anywhere. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The market. Yeah, a, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's 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 um kind of a a product of the two party system that right. you know yeah. whole swaths of places get written off as like red or blue, but uh, you know there's there's not a lot of room for uh, for for nuance in that. Yeah, no, it's it's the the margins between what makes a red state and a blue state, even on the far ends of the spectrum, are very small. Like most states will, when they, let's say let's say in a given presidential election, um, most most of the times, even when um a presidential candidate winning easily is like a matter of like maybe a matter of like single digit points. So like rarely, right? I don't know, rarely. I I can I cannot say I've memorized all the like voting data but it's pretty it's not super common to see a, a presidential candidate of either party eclipse the 60 percent mark um oh right i mean maybe in like a state you know in a small population state so basically it's like a tenth of the state that is like kind of providing the difference between you know liberal Oregon in conservative Indiana. That's the difference. Um, I mean, these people, I think people generally are kind of mostly the same everywhere in this country. Uh, it's, it's like some states, it's, it's that, it's that 10th of the state that makes the difference. Um, which, you know, maybe our current system isn't best reflect, isn't best used to reflect the nuances of the American population and voting electorate. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and yeah, that's a, absolutely the, the, the two-party system, and it is terrible, terrible. Um, you know, it's good to see that there are places that are experimenting with like ranked choice voting and yes, and uh, like wildcat primaries and stuff like that. It's uh, um, anything to sort of break up the duopoly. I am in favor of. Um, long term, at least, uh, you know, right now, I think our priority has got to be like beating back these fascists. Yes. I mean, yes, that's, <laughs> that's the threat to everything, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, yeah, no, you, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, so I don't sign all doom and gloom. Like, there are some real, like, indications that perhaps this, this wave of like trans, um, targeting is only limited to like the near future. Hopefully, I think most people, um, when you actually like phrase in a poll, like, "Hey, what do you like? What, what do you believe about like trans rights?" But actually, make it the questions about like, addressing the rights rather mm-hmm. than just like, mm-hmm. m- you know, men wearing dresses, playing women's sports. You know, the way the Republicans like to phrase it. It's like six. You see, like sixty percent right. of support of like the liberal option, and it's like, okay, I feel like. Yeah. There's just a lot of information out, misinformation. And you'd be surprised, maybe, but how even the most conservative people will kind of soften up on issues like this once they actually know trans people. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, one, one of my one of the best family members I've had in terms of, like, supporting me since it came out is, like, one of my most conservative uh, uh, family members. And it's – I really – I honestly really appreciate it. Uh it is kind of, it was, you know, a little eye-opening that, you know, maybe now everyone's 
so easily black and white and what they believe or how they yeah. act. Um, I think I, I, geez, I, mean, I don't want to get into deep conversation about human nature, but I feel like, I'm Oh like, no, go for it. Well, it's just that, you know, I could go on forever about that. And, you know, sometimes I don't even know if I believe people are genuinely good or genuinely evil or somewhere in the middle. Um, But, like, I I feel like most people soften up. Really, this goes to, not just applies to everything, not just, you know, trans people. Once they actually meet people Uh and get to know them of any any regard, it's so easy for people to demonize people. another group when they're just like some amorphous like faceless uh, yeah other mass. right yeah. yeah exactly um so you know i i really i really feel like it's only i don't hear i'm just hoping maybe i hope this age is aged poorly but i only think it's just a matter of time hopefully until we maybe cross some rubicon of of trans acceptance where it's just maybe at least to the level of where i think we are of just like uh gay people in American society today. Like, just think about how far we've come in the past, like, 10, 20 mm-hmm. years, even, on mm-hmm. that issue. Like, I went to elementary school, people would use gay as, like, a... as, like, a, as like an insult. And oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, definitely when, when I was a kid, for sure. Yeah, and, and actually kind of surprises me they were still doing it when you were a kid. And, and now, like, people, like, kids are just... Like people, most people just like like acceptance rates of like acceptance rates of gay marriage are pretty high. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, that was like an, that was like one of like I believe in 2004 that was one of George W. Bush's like main cultural touch points was gay marriage. It as was recently, a big thing. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. As recently as, as like 19 years ago, that was like a major issue. And I mean, like, Obama, Obama was he, he didn't say he was for or against it when he was first running for president. Like yeah. Biden got out in front of him on it. Um, right. It was kind of a thing. I don't know if you remember, but um, yes. yeah. It, it, and th- I think that's kind of why the crosshairs are on the trans community now is because yes. The they you know they've they've kept moving the goalposts and moving the goalposts and moving the goalposts and they you're running out of people to point at and say everything's their fault, um and 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 here we are I, I don't I I I think that the reactionary right has jumped the shark the, I, I I think um with boy the stuff going on in Tennessee this week um. It, it, you know, with um, the the Republican supermajority legislature down there that you know has the votes to do whatever they want, basically kicks out the the, the two young black men for God forbid, you know, standing up with the protesters that had taken over the state house. And they didn't kick out the white woman who did the exact same thing. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it, it, it's so obvious what they're doing, and and yeah. I, I think people are are sick of it. I think the center is largely sick of it, and the numbers do bear it out. Like you said, it's. Um, it's like two thirds, I think, of the population is like, yeah, great, whatever, trans people, do your thing, and it's, 
it breaks down almost the exact same way as as the abortion debate. It's about two thirds, one third, and it's frankly, I think it's the same issue. It's a bodily autonomy issue. It's a privacy issue. And and for you know an actual small government conservative, it would be a you know that's none of the government's damn business kind of issue. Which is why I guess the type action we said earlier. I'm not. I, I've been so mystified as to why. I guess mystified is not really the right word because you know it's not. It wasn't hard to see coming. Uh, the Democrats like Biden like choose to run towards more of the center on this when. This is in no way has been proven at this point to be a winning issue for the right. Um, like it was a massive, a massive underperforming performance in the uh, in the twenty twenty two midterms. That and, is correct. Yes. And you know, and pe- people just don't care. Like most people don't care. I mean, you, you can sp- part of that is like depressing because they don't seem to care about. You know, they don't. It just definitely feels like there's like a lack of urgency from the general public on it. But at the same time, sure, they're also not being moved to vote for it either. Like it's it's just not something that that actually is a real concern to an everyday American. Um, right. And on one hand, it's like you're glad that it's not like riling people to like you know turn on the population with pitchforks. But on the other hand, it's like. I wish you'd turn on those Republicans with some pitchforks. Like, help me out here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I guess the one last thing I can think of is that, um, excuse me, at this moment, um, I'm, I'm substitute teaching out here in Oregon. And so I'm with the kids a lot. And I can see, and maybe it's because I'm out in the Pacific Northwest, but I think it's more than that. I, I really see a really big generational divide. Mm-hmm. And how they approach um, LGBT identities in the ones in the way, and even my own generation, um, like it seems so, it, it seems so progressive and open. Like I, I like, just like I remember, I was like walking in the hallway of the high school I work at a lot of times, and I, I heard some kids say like, "Oh, they didn't even have their pronouns in their bio. How cringe!" And I'm like, I can't believe I heard a teenager say that one generation after. <laughs> After gay was like used to mean stupid, you know, like of my like when I was a kid. Uh, it's yeah. amazing. Kids have come so far. Um, there's, there genuinely seems to be like a, a, a very much like a, I, I see like okay, at least in our school system a lot of like white flags and and uh, LGBT stuff. And I maybe Indiana's not the same way at the moment. Uh, I I really hope I really hope that's at least the same in Indiana to some degree, but... Well, I, th- I think generally, at least, you know, when you get into the schools and, you know, with the, the educators who have been you know, brought up in, 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 you know, making the environment inclusive for everybody, um, they're great about it. And that is where the backlash is coming from. Um, because the yeah. parents and the grandparents, they see their kids coming home and they're like totally accepting of everybody. And, and it's, it's the, the older generations who are, are uh, apprehensive about that. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's the schools that they always come for because like, Hey, where, where, where'd you pick up all this learning and tolerance at, at, at school? 
No, we can't have any of that. You know, it's, they legislate, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of scary as a teacher, uh, just knowing that some people are targeting, like, teachers uh, for, like, even, like, like on some... I don't want to. I don't want to give them any more traffic, but some some media account, social media accounts that will not be named, um, mm. will post pictures of like teachers who have like like the pride flags in their classrooms. Yeah, and these are the same groups that have led to indirectly to targeted attacks on people. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, it can it concerns me a little bit. Yeah. Um, you um, did 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 you? Grow up in Fishers, is that right? I, I did. From about, I lived in Indianapolis when I was a little child, but like from the age of like four to twenty-five, I was in Fishers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? You know what's going on back home with uh, your old uh, high school alma mater? Oh man, I thought they had some fight over something with like critical race theory or something, but I. Yeah. Um. They've got a Moms for Liberty problem. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this group. Um, Moms for Liberty is actually designated a, a, a hate group, I believe, by uh, Southern oh, Poverty Law Center. <laughs> um, they, yeah, they're 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 out of Sarasota, Florida, which is kind of where I believe a, a, a lot of the far right organizing is going on. Um, yeah, and this is your your Roger Stones and your Ron DeSantis and all those folks down there. So this Moms for Liberty group, like the founders, they're tied to DeSantis and all the other like right wing, uh, you know, nonprofit foundations and think tanks and you know, money laundering fronts, basically. Um, but so now they've got chapters in probably every state and like many, many counties in every state. I think they've got like seven or nine different chapters in Indiana and they basically go in and try and take over the school boards with shit like book bans and trying to, you know, remove, uh, diversity, equity and inclusion programs from the schools and, and uh, you know, on the on the like banning any pride paraphernalia in the classrooms and just all this crap. Uh, and and so the in in, in Fishers, uh, the 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 far right group did take over the school board. It's a whole thing right now. This is concerning and not very surprising. Um, I was always under the impression. It's growing up that like Hamilton County was like obviously very conservative, but it was like more like money mm-hmm. conservative than it was like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. more, <laughs> you know, like the country club conservative versus the uh, the the ultra religious extremist conservative. Right, right. Um, and maybe it's not as much of that as I thought it was. Maybe it isn't anymore. That's that's disappointing. Well, actually, no. It's 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 because Hamilton County is becoming more blue. Um, oh, okay. A retaliation. Exactly, and so you know the 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 there there's backlash there. 
and yeah, they, they 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 they've got the school board and Fishers, and I think they got like one person on the board and Carmel. Well, not a, not a, not a good look for Hamlin Southeastern. Um, yeah. Um, I guess summarize how I feel about everything at the moment. There's a general sense of uh, extreme unease. Um, and it's, it's very depressing. Um, a, a real fear for the trans youth at the moment. But yeah, there's this hope that if we can just get past this moment, that there's brighter times over the horizon. And maybe that isn't the case, but I, I feel like it's the only way in which you, can, you can't you got you got to think that way, even if it's not true. I, I didn't genuinely think it's true, but I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to function if I didn't have that. Um, so, I, I I think you're right, and um, there are a lot of allies out there, and and I, I think slowly they're 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 starting to stand up and say, "Hey, that's enough." Um, it's slow going. But um, I think we're hopefully, getting there. I think we're getting hopefully there. Hopefully when the Who's Left podcast celebrates this 1,000th episode uh, in the year 220X, it was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember that in the early 20, the 2020s? Yeah, that was bad. That sucked. But it's not so bad now. Hopefully, hopefully that's what we'll be at. Um, but, yeah. I, mean, I guess we're just so many things. It's just like, I hate to be so glib about it but like once the boomers in power uh pass away i feel like there's a real chance for change i mean maybe that's just like overly optimistic um because there really is like a historical like a monopoly of power of just one generation they they have definitely had it for a long time and have held it for a long time yeah it, i i haven't i didn't like research numbers before coming on here but I'm pretty sure this is like a, a a historic level of like domination of one generation, and I don't think any generation has been this old and had this much power like this far into their lives. Um, uh, right, like in a perfect world, the Obama wave would have swept away a lot of that. Yeah, but but it did not. And so I guess with a lot of things, perhaps when these older generations pass along, but you know. It is too optimistic. It's not like every conservative is, you know, 80 years old. Um, yeah, the, I, there's a lot of um, division, I feel like, among the younger generations of the Republicans, though. Like, it's it's weird where I start finding myself, like, on the same side as, like, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham on some things. It's like, oh shit, guys! Oh, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know how this makes me feel about me. Yeah. But um, like, even even they are aware of how out there some of the new guys are. But uh, that's that's what happens when you jerry or gerrymander yourself such a, 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 a you know untouchable district that your only threat is from the more extreme and 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 then they wind up they wind up fascists yes yes this is if we if i had the time this would make for a long long form discussion about the history of the republican party from the mid-20th century to now uh 
That's actually most of my notes today were kind of about that, but uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, kind of how the uh, kind of like to some degree the Republican Party is like reaping what they've sown uh, in some of the some of the uh, the old the old powers are are being sacrificed at the altar. Um, well, that's what it was all about, right? I mean, it was the money and power using the. Uh, evangelical religious zealot extremists as their foot soldiers uh, to do their bidding, but now the religious zealot extremist foot soldiers are turning on their corporate masters. Yeah, it's like that uh, the, the, the me sewing versus me everything meme on Twitter. Like, me sewing, like, oh, this is great, yes, and then like, me everything, you know. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's great. What okay. do you want to to uh, end with? Um, a uh, you know, a, a point of hope, uh, a, a plea for people to stand up. Um, uh, a plug? You selling anything? I don't know. I I, I am not. I I am a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. Okay. I guess I'll close by saying that like we really need uh we really need the cis cis liberals and cis leftists and everybody else to like, or even just non conservatives to to care. And I know this is there's so many thing, other things going on. I remember last year when some of the the first things first bills were being introduced, the uh, the Ukraine war started. So this got absolutely zero coverage. And there's mm-hmm. there's there's gun violence and so many other things. And I understand that this may emotionally be like a third rail, um, like a third, like a, like, a, like a lower tier issue uh, for some. But I I implore our, our allies to help because this would be an otherwise unwinnable fight without you guys. Um, and I guess for the, anyone who's, you know, trans or questioning, listening to this, like I, it, it's really troublesome now. And, um, and it's best to find a community or find a place where you feel safe or just if, if you feel like you can't present and be who you want to be now, like get in a good place to where you can, or just do what you can to be safe. Um, um, my Twitter handle is uh, at Captain Amab, C-A-P-T-A-M-A-B. If you need to reach out, I, if you're trans, you need help. I, I will, you know, I, I, do, I do have some resources that I, I have some people I know and I, some communities that maybe might help. And I'd love to be able to help if, if that's something you might be interested in. Um, and I guess lastly, just to like know that like hopefully, hopefully this is just a wave that'll be past us. And this will be just something we remember as like a as a, as, as as a brief, a horrifying but brief moment in history. Um, and I feel like with the the positive with, with the with the way society with, with the way young people are today, for that might that really might be true. I think we're getting there. I share your hope, um, Alexa Scott. Thank you so much for joining. Who's left? Thank you for having me. A lot of fun. That was my good friend, Alexis Scott. So we ended on a hopeful note, and and I am hopeful. Um, I think the tide is turning. I think uh, 
in in state house after state house this session republicans in red states that have big majorities started to see pushback for their overreach finally um it's happening uh in nebraska and south carolina where this week uh full abortion bans uh failed in their state houses um uh it's happening in uh montana um where zoe zephyr the uh state's first uh trans lawmaker uh it was um removed essentially from her uh seat and now has to work from the gallery um it's happening in 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 tennessee where uh justin jones and justin pearson were both reappointed to uh the seats that they had been removed from um and became folk heroes along the way um it's heartening it's heartening to see the the pushback uh beginning but we we cannot uh stop and pat ourselves on the back um I'd, I'd like to think the the trans panic of 23 will be the the high watermark of uh this round of conservative hate uh in this country and now we build and um build this wave and and, and now really is the time to start um building for 2024 um it, it's it's going to be a big big year uh and a, and a chance to really uh take our country back from the the brink um and to take indiana back from the brink but i'm heartened i am heartened today um we will talk soon my name is scott aaron rogers and this has been who's left love each other indiana